Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers, a brand new show from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat. We're calling you that every week now. Toby Cudworth. Uh, Toby, how are you today? Graham, I'll come to you in a second. Very good. Thank you, mate. Very good. Top cat. Literally, we're only calling you that for the purposes of this podcast. We said at the start that it's my new nickname. It's died. It's just for the purposes of my intro, but we'll stick with it. I quite like it. We need to we need to get the top cat theme and play that over the moment that we introduce you. Graham, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thanks you. As I just said to you guys, I've had a blisteringly hot day today in the northeast, which is where I am. So yeah, loving life. Satin shorts, which is seventeen great. degrees, which is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, great weather uh, and a great show ahead for you today, I'm sure. Uh, this is a brand new weekly show where we'll dig into the latest on the futures of the biggest names in world football, be it players or managers. And today we'll be talking about Erling Haaland, Conrad Leimer, Nordi Mukiele, Paul Pogba, Yuri Tielemans, Sadio Mane, Calvin Ramsey, plus anybody that crops up in between. Uh a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast on all your major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc., etc., and follow the gang on Twitter as well, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey, and at Toby underscore Cudworth to find us as well. Get in touch and uh, let us know your thoughts if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, let's dig into the big news of the week. Graham Erling Haaland to Manchester City is basically done. Yeah, there's been progress last few weeks as we've been reporting. Um, we did say um, a few weeks ago, didn't we, Scott, on, online that Alfinga was taken care of. Um, negotiations now were taken over. We knew why in the background, but obviously we weren't going to publicise anything about Mino Rayola at the time. But it, it worked anyway because Alfinger's got a close relationship with City from his playing days. He knows what he's doing in the football world. So he was always going to take an interest. And interesting with this, it hasn't really been about the finances. It's been about the finer detail of the, the plans that Pep had for Erling. Erling was keen to know where he was going to, what sort of role he was going to play at City. You know, he's not, not demanding. He just wanted to hear what Pep's thoughts were. He wasn't going there saying this and that. I want to play up front number nine and, and you have to play off me. He was just getting to letting letting Pep know that he wanted to know his plans. I think Pep, from what I'm hearing, liked that. He liked to have this chat with the player and that's won the day. And, and as it transpires, we, we said how long he wasn't going to get half a million pounds a week and that is the situation as well. It's going to be around Kevin De Bruyne's words, but there's going to be plenty of add-ons and bonuses, goals 
and and the wage will be accumulative. It'll go up as well during the course of the contract. So at some point it will get there. But yeah, I think it's a an exceptional deal for City. You know, they're getting him at that price, sixty three. They're not breaking the wage structure, which I think was crucial. Let's not overlook that. Not breaking their wage structure to bring one of the world's top strikers in, I think, is really important. And City have done a good job there. And this sort of deal, everyone said, oh, they spend all this money. They're not going to spend elsewhere. But if they do go and get Declan Rice, for instance, a Declan Rice for 120, then getting Haaland and Rice for, say, 200 million is not a bad summer. They don't need too much, do they? Uh, Toby, will Erling Haaland's signing finally be the signing to win them the Champions League? There's nothing to suggest that he will be because they just keep flopping their lines, don't they, when it really gets to the the nitty-gritty. Um, one thing they haven't had throughout this entire time that Pep's been there, okay, they had Sergio Aguero, a fantastic goal scorer, brilliant in the Premier League, wasn't so good in the Champions League and had a bit of trouble with injuries, as we know. City should win the Champions League for all intents and purposes if they get Haaland because their squad is so bloody good. And if they did get Declan Rice as well, well... It's the best squad in Europe, isn't it? Let's put it that way. Um, whether or not it will get them over the line and get past that mental barrier, I don't know. It's kind of sticking to them now, isn't it? They're going to have to try and overcome that hurdle. Um, from my point of view, the longer this goes on, the longer that they keep not winning the Champions League, the funnier it is. Um, and I'm sure we all kind of feel that way because Man City are Premier League robots and winning the league kind of come second nature to them now. I know Liverpool really giving them a run for their money, but look like they're ultimately going to come up short. But the Champions League, they're not robots. They're in their own head when it gets beyond the quarterfinals. And that's when the media hype kind of sparks up a bit and the questions are asked of Pep and is Pep going to do a Pep and play Gabby Jesus at right wing back or something daft like that. Um, so they should win it in answer to your question, Florence, but whether or not they will... Not convinced, Graham. How uh, how long has it seemed like it's going to be City that Haaland will choose? Because obviously we've had Real Madrid in there, but we've established a long time out that Mbappe has been their first choice player. Uh, not too. Obviously, we've seen that Man United have been ruled out this week, but they've never really been in the race for months on end. Uh, that was never going to happen. Anybody else in this race, or was it always cities to win? Yeah, I think there have been. No, I think Barcelona were taking it seriously for a long time, not not so long ago. I think they were really enamoured enamoured by the prospect of pitting Haaland against Mbappe, which we still think Mbappe is heading for Madrid, and that was intriguing. Obviously, to do a deal of this sort, it was tough for Barcelona to do, and I think they've got other other things that they need to do first. You know, they can't just keep throwing money at things, and I think to see Haaland is maybe the sort of deal they can do again in four years' time. It's a natural stepping point from City. After doing it in England, they'll probably end up in Spain anyway. So I think they'll see some of that as a future signing. Bayern Munich are the ones that um, I'm not surprised at, but I think Bayern have fluffed their lines here a little bit. I think there was a perfect storm for them to move Lewandowski on. 
to Barcelona. And we know that Bayern have said all along that they've had an interest in Haaland. They've been trying to negotiate a fee, play it down. But, you know, I think this is one that's got away for Bayern particularly because I think they could have took him. Yes, he would have probably only stayed at Munich for a couple of years, but I think there was an ideal chance for them to replace Lewandowski. But yeah, in the last, what, six weeks, it's been increasingly looking like City. Just a quick thought there, um, Robert Lewandowski. How will this impact his future now? Because obviously, I don't think there's too many players out there who are right in line to succeed him. Haaland is the, the obvious one that you'd think of. What will happen from your information? What's your understanding about his future as it stands? Yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, it, he obviously wanted a new deal, buying that keen to extend it massively. Um, we know that Haaland is a bit unsettled and he has been for a while. For Mills links to United. His people were clearly putting out there that he was available. And yeah, I say it's interesting. It's not like buying to get caught like this on the hop. And so I don't think he's going to be going anywhere for me in the next 12 months. But yeah, as you say, who is next in line? It's an interesting in one. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw them suddenly pop up in the Darwin Nunes hunt, for instance, or someone like that. It wouldn't surprise me if they suddenly popped up from nowhere in, in the race for one of these strikers, Lautaro Martinez, for instance. I think we should keep an eye on Bayern. I think they might be in the market for one of these good young strikers. Yes, Just on indeed. that, on that G, um, Hassan Salihamidou said at the weekend, let yourself be surprised. We have to see what is possible and what is not. We have creative ideas. So that would suggest that Bayern are planning to get a little bit fancy in this transfer market and there might be one or two signings or one or two departures that we probably deep down don't think will happen. Um, Lewandowski, I suppose, could fit into that bracket. And so if Kareem, Gnabry it, it, is if, out of contact yeah, soon as well. It, isn't if Kareem Adeyemi goes to Dortmund and does the business in two years, <laughs> there's probably a Lewandowski successor there. <laughs> but yeah. let, let, let Dortmund groom him, as, as we know they have done many a time. But yeah, there's obviously Serge Gnabry stuff as well. There's a lot of players out of contact, a lot of this buying squad is getting a little bit older, you know, Manuel Neuer signed a new deal, but they are doing doing deals as well, buying, they, they are very close to confirming the signing of Ryan Gravenbach and Mazraoui, the, the right back from, from Ajax, so two very good players there, so buying are doing, uh, yeah, they may be not being the strike on, but they've, they've, that's a great deal they've got there from Ajax, it really is. Yeah, uh, on the topic of Bayern, it's a nice tie-in for the next story, which is the Manchester United section, which uh, we'll always have to do because in utter disarray at the moment. 4-0 against Brighton at the weekend. I'm glad you said Manchester United though now, Scott. You're going to have it saying United, but we, we know with Newcastle coming up on the rails, you are going to have to say Man United now in the future. You're a Middlesbrough fan. Stop picking up Newcastle. I'm just I'm just stating the facts for you, Scott. You know, Newcastle, United, they see themselves as United. So I'm just saying as it is. Uh, Bayern Munich linked this week with Conrad Leimer from RB Leipzig. Uh, out of contract in a year, he's another player who is, you know, going to be on the market potentially this summer and maybe next summer if he doesn't extend his deal. Uh, but the tie-in here, which you can catch on 90min.com, is a recommendation on Conrad Leimer from Ralph Ranick to the Manchester United hierarchy. Now, Ralph Ranick is also last week, recommended publicly three players who have moved clubs or have agreed transfers in the last six months or so. Uh, Julian Alvarez, who will turn up at Man City, uh, highly rated lad from South America, 
Dusan Vlajevic, who joined Juventus, obviously, and Luis Diaz at Liverpool. So United haven't signed, or Manchester United, sorry, Graham, haven't signed uh, anybody that Ralph Rangnick has recommended yet. But this is a deal that looks pretty smart, isn't it? Is it too smart for United? <laughs> it might It might very well be, though, but the fact is, you know, if Bayern Munich are chasing this lad, which they are, it's hard to go wrong sometimes with what they're looking at. And this is an Austrian midfielder, very much a box-to-box player, but he can do everything. He's really impressive, this lad, when you watch him. And and I, I like him a lot. I've watched him closely in the two Rangers games. Yeah, I don't think they were his best performances of the season, but he, he stood out as the man ahead of Nkunku, actually. And yeah, from our information, that the Ralph Ragnick has proposed Lyman, but this was a few, it's not recently, it's a few months ago. And what we do know is United scouts were already on him, but they're taking a bit of a keener interest. And and the fee as well, Scott, we're looking at under £30 million, which again, in the English market, buys you very little, but it can get you some very, this this is a sort of sign and maybe that United have to make where you do 20, 30 million. It's a sort of sign Liverpool make, isn't it? And then in two years time, yeah. he's a world-class performer. These are the key signings that you have to make. Yeah, you will make the world-class signings. Liverpool will pay big fees as well, but these ones here, these are the sort of signs that you need to make that are going to become that world-class talent. Like Amani, like when Amani arrived at Anfield, he wasn't a world-class talent. He became one, same as Son at Tottenham. You have to turn these players and coach them, and you have to open Ten Hag if you got hold of someone like Corin Lima that he could produce or turn him into a world-class performer. I think the, and the building blocks are there for him. I think he's a very good player, and it's a one to keep an eye on. It's, it's the stigma, isn't it, G, that Manchester United must sign players who are ready-made now and are already top level, and yeah. anything less than that isn't good enough. Um, but as you say, the Liverpool model is signing players who are there or thereabouts and have still got time to grow, adapt, get better and become world beaters, and they've got plenty of those on their hands. Um, funny that Conrad Lyman, he must be like the 100th recommendation that Ralph Rangnick has made. Well, uh, another name that we report that is going around this week uh, from RB Leipzig as well that 90 Min initially reported on December 1st was Nordi Mukieli, who is a right-back, centre-back kind of player uh, who I think I, I do the United podcast called The Promised Land and we've established that all of United's fullbacks are pretty awful. Uh, so they probably could do with some support there. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's another player that Ralph Rannick has has uh, recommended how much United will take notice of that. It remains to be seen. But Toby, you mentioned there about the statement signings that United have made. That's the problem that they've made for themselves in the last 10 years. They've taken a, to put it in uh, speech marks, a Galactico approach that Real Madrid uh, favoured in the 2000s. And it's blown up in their face and they're now having to tidy up the mess. But that was never really Man United, was it? Like when, when they were at the top, I know they signed players like Rio Ferdinand, but when Ruud van Nistelrooy joined United from PSV a year after a knee injury, he was banging goals in in the Dutch league, but he wasn't the household name he came on to become. They were at the top of the game for the best part of 25 years, and they always had a plan with who their next signings were going to be. Sir Alex Ferguson was like Jürgen Klopp in a way that he always had successes in mind, even when in the 90s, Andy Cole was scoring goals. He was looking beyond Andy Cole and he would have thought it unfathomable at one point that he wouldn't be a regular starter for Manchester United, that he was phased out. 
and United gradually brought in players like Van Nistelrooy that you've alluded to. And they were very, very good players, but they made them top-level players and they blended them in with the world-class talent that they already had. Since they've declined and since Fergie's departure, it feels like it's been eight years of pure panic. And Ralph Rangnick has come in in November, December, whenever he was confirmed. He must have been looking around thinking, what the hell is going on at this football club? And we've not seen the scale of stories that we've seen over the past six months about a particular topic and a particular man making so many recommendations about things that need to be fixed. It's widespread on the pitch, off the pitch, training, mental philosophy, the works, everything at United is broken. Um, so it's interesting that Conrad Lima could be one of the first pieces of the puzzle this summer under Ten Hag, but he at least is in the right mould of player from what I've seen of him is that he is incredibly tenacious. I think he tops the Bundesliga in terms of, and I don't like getting into stats per 90 minutes. Well, he's, he's high, he's, he's massively... Like, high intensity. He yeah. plays the kind of football that Ralph Ranić has wanted United to play, but the players have not been able to do it because they're makes, not make, really make could make that jump to Premier League football. Like we do talk about all action kind of midfielder. Reminds me a bit of Thomas Suchek, Toby. Bit more, a bit more forward thinking than him, but very similar. Uh, disrupting opposing moves, defending mm. intensity, this kind of thing. You know, ball retention and. Link, he can do link up play as well, and like a Paul, Paul Ince almost got as well. Yeah, anyway. so it's just a, the good old fashioned Paul Ince Roy Keane. He's just a, he's just a central midfielder who plays box to box. He's not an eight. He's not a six. All this newfangled stuff. He's just a good centre midfielder. <laughs> how just... how Man United could do with someone like Roy Keane now? Christ, when he moved in what ninety three, he was more of a Declan a, Rice cough cough. Declan Rice cough cough. We'll we'll talk about Declan Rice. A little bit. I mean, obviously, we all were all kind of in agreement about how good a footballer he is, but we all know that West Ham are going to drive a hard bargain, mm -hmm. perhaps not as high as they're saying publicly, because uh, to put Declan Rice on 150 million transfer to make him the second most expensive player of all time <laughs> is is a bit ridiculous. But yeah. you know, 120 we per, per our information seems like West Ham would do business for Conrad Limer is literally you'd probably say about a sixth of the price, a fifth of the price. Uh, which one would you pursue, Graham, if you well, were United? Well, I've, I've just watched that the Robo documentary on Amazon in the last few weeks. Very good, actually. Yeah, yeah, obviously, a bit, but it was covered his time at Middlesbrough as well. But, you know, when... when remember watching that thing from Ron Atkinson in, in there saying it costs that, just, just pay it. Just get him. You're getting the best midfielder for what he does in England. And United... Yeah, ignore the fan, ignore the fans here. The fans aren't in charge. Ignore the criticism. Just go and sign the best English midfielder available. Is Declan Rice in three years' time? 120 million will look like a snip if he progresses as we think. If Ten Hag is as good as we they hope, then 120 million for Declan Rice will be a snip. So just go and pay it. Unfortunately, the the thing that United have done in the last ten years is buy players for big money and decrease their value because of their on the pitch performance. Uh, and one player that fits into that mold is Paul Pogba, who is going to leave Manchester United on a free transfer, isn't he? It won't it won't be Manchester City, uh, but Juventus, Paris Saint Germain look like the two front runners at the moment. Graham, uh, Real Madrid, obviously we've known he's been on their list before. Mm -hmm. uh, 
what kind of time frame can we expect for Paul Pogba to make a decision? Is there any indication about which way he will turn? It's a tough one because United don't really know here. They're, they've been kept in the quiet, not deliberately. I think Pogba's just taking his time. The City links, as we reported it, they came through intermediaries. It came from, from City's end. They were just exploring the fact, you know, they thought one of the best free agents on the market, if he did have an interest in staying in England, possible that he comes to City. I think it was put back to them that, you know, he's not really looking to stay in England. That's one of the issues, you know, he's becoming settled in Cheshire where the burglary was and unfortunately for City, it wouldn't be, it's the same area as where he would be living if he went to them. I just also think, have angry Man United fans in the area. Yeah, well. and that was the thing as well. It was said to me close to Pogba's camp. You know, he still loves United. He does love United. He, he totally respects what they're doing in his career. He loves Sir Alex Ferguson. He loves the fans. No matter what the reaction has been to him in the last few months, he's not going to ever stop loving the club. And that's another reason why I don't think he would sign for another English team. I really don't. And yeah, he's got the offers on the table from PSG and Juventus very different from what I'm told and they both offer unique opportunities for him in terms of Paris he's never played there but he is a Paris is a Parisian but he's never played there in his career so it's not just a matter of for him unlike many moves to PSG it's all about the money but for him it's about possibly going home with something he's never done in his whole career and then his Juventus he loves Turin Allegri could play in that I say unique them because he can play in that holding position which I think they'd have the eye on him for to play that Perlo role and then there's Madrid, where he is on Madrid's list. He's just third or fourth on it. So it's not to say he won't go there, but I, I think it's either PSG or Juventus from where we're sitting at the moment. But the decision isn't made yet. They don't jump out at you, though. As I, I could see the, the Zidane PSG appointment, if that does end up coming off, as you know, that would be the jump out. I think that would be the kind of carrot for Pogba to go there. Juventus, Toby, not. Not at the level that they once were. I know they're no. going through a kind of rebuild, but like they're not yeah. automatic pick for Serie A champions. They, they haven't won the Champions League since 1996. Are these options really? I know United are god awful at the moment, but are these options really that much better? I think it depends on what's most important to Pogba at the moment. Does he want to go to an environment where he's going to play good football that suits his style of play and gets the best out of him? And gives him an environment that he enjoys being in. As Graham alluded to there, he loved Turin and he was brilliant at Juventus. He's not tried out Paris um, in terms of playing back in France, but arguably it can't be any worse than what he's been dealing with in Manchester. Or does he want to win the Champions League? Does he have those kind of aspirations? We knew he did when he was younger, but he's approached... How old is Paul Popper now? Is he 29. 29. 29. He's not got that many years left, you wouldn't have thought, as an elite level midfielder. He'll still be... Unless well, he reinvents in that deep line, yeah, which I think... Yeah. Pep but I can only see him. that happening in Serie A. You couldn't see him being allowed to do that in PSG, where the pressure is on to be the best all the time. It's win or bust. Whereas at Juve, I do feel like they recognise they're going through a bit of a transition. They got Allegri back. This season has been a bit of a disaster, but they're still fourth. Um, and I think they are slowly on their way up and they signed Vlavic in January. He's going to be a superb striker for the next decade. Um, and I think Pogba could be lured to go back to Juventus as kind of being the centrepiece in midfield. And to be honest, good luck to him if he does, because it's a tragedy that his career at United 
kind of leaves the impression that he's not lived up to his ability, whereas you've said it before, Scott, the club have let Paul Pogba down. But it doesn't like that suggestion. No, it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit the narrative. He's, he could have done more. He could have done more, but there is more weight on the side of the failings of Manchester United as a whole than Paul Pogba as an individual. Where do, you sit, where do you sit on that, Graham? Yeah, yeah, you know, I think United have let him down massively. You know, Paul Pogba, as soon as Ozzy Gunner was appointed, he, he flagged up the situation. He flagged up the issue. He, that he's not good enough for Manchester United. He, as he liked him as a person, but he, he flagged that up straight away. He wasn't good enough. And it, when you have a coach who's not good enough, then it's only going to go one way. And Paul Pogba hasn't gone United. He didn't re-sign for United, turning down other clubs just to pick up the paycheck. He went there, same as Ronaldo. He, he came back for silverware. And United have massively let him down, the same as they've let Ronaldo down this season. It's 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 a really interesting one. I think Pogba, you know, he gets a lot of stuff. Yeah, he hasn't lived up, as Toby said, he hasn't lived up to expectations. But, you know, if he picks the, the right club next, he will flourish again. And there's still a world-class player in there somewhere. Just uh, before we do move on, Graham, from your understanding, where's his biggest earning potential? Yeah, it is PSG. They're, they're willing to break the bank for him. And it will be interesting because if Zidane does end up there, you know, it's Zidane's job to turn down, as we understand it at the moment. Um, he still hasn't put pen to paper as they would like to become their new manager. But it's um, that's um, a relationship that's always been on the cards, you know, since since his real days, Zidane has wanted to work with Pogba and vice versa. So I think, although that would be the, the biggest earning slot for him, I think Zidane and Pogba would be would be mouthwatering, really. I think, it, I think that could be the thing that swings it, not the money. But if Zidane goes back to Paris, I think that might swing it. Another club that can't win the Champions League, along with Manchester City, despite the, the amount of money that they spend. Uh, let's move on to the next centre midfielder on the list today, Yuri Tielemans. Uh, it is our information that he does not want to renew his contract at Leicester, which I believe is up in 2023. Another player who's out of contract in a year's time. And Leicester have accepted, you can read this on nightman.com, accepted essentially that he will be leaving the club this summer. Am I right, Graham? Uh, he will be sold and we we understand Arsenal to be in the mix as well as other clubs. Yeah, it's an interesting... Hugh Tillman's one of my favourite players in the Premier League, but just Leicester just hasn't... It just hasn't worked, has it, this season? They've been beset with injuries. I think they were hoping that the re-signing of Fafana might persuade him to stay. Um, they've got an interest in Charles de Catelier at Bruges they're hoping maybe another fellow countryman might might help Tielemans but I think he's just accepting now time is the time is now to move on he's ready to leave he's ready to stretch his wings again it's a stranger because his stock isn't as high as it was as it 12 months ago when, when Leicester were flying the whole of, all of Leicester's stock has dropped the FA Cup final winning goal yeah he was fabulous wasn't he and you know, yeah, our information is Leicester willing to do business around 40 million. They did sign him for around 32, but they did pay a lot of money for him from Monaco. And so, yeah, there's a lot of teams who are looking. Arsenal are in the market, as United are. For a lot of these centre midfielders, there's so many available on the market. Ruben Neves, Calvin Phillips, now Tielemans, but there's lots of these players. Seems to be an awful lot of players out of contract in 2023. We thought we thought this summer was going to be... this year, but yeah. Yeah, I think next 2023 seems to be, as we were talking, the City, those three forwards as well. But yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I think from our, our understanding is that Arsenal are leading the chase in the Premier League and and they can afford him. So there is interest from Juventus as well. I think like Madrid have touched on it, but yeah, I think I think a trip to London does, does fascinate Taylor. So it wouldn't surprise me 
if he if he comes to Bidar at the Emirates. We're seeing a bit of a shift in how the transfer market works. Aren't I we? was just going to ask you this question, Toby. Go on. It's probably it's not purely down to what happened last summer with Harry Kane. It's obviously a, an element of this has happened in the years previously. Players are not willing to commit to new contracts until they've got 18 months a year left because they want to keep their options open out of fear of being priced out of a move. We've seen it with so many players. Poor Declan, eh? It's his uh, gentleman's agreement as well, Toby. I think from, from the Daniel Levy's thing we've seen, and we know Declan Rice isn't willing to accept the gentleman's agreement of David Sullivan either. We know it's only worth the paper it's written on at the moment. Fair, fair dues. Um, luckily for us, we've got a one-year extension, so we deserve that value. What is, is that, has he got three years left plus one or two plus one? It's two plus one. So we'll activate that for the year so that... Poor, as you say, Scott, poor, with... poor Declan. We need a free Declan. Hashtag free Declan Rice. <laughs> that, that's hammer of the year, Declan Rice, to you. As he's <laughs> the main award last night. Um, but yeah, the transfer market's changing, isn't it? The club don't have, or clubs don't have the power that they used to anymore. Players are willing to wait it out. And the sheer quality of players either out of summer, out of contract this summer or next summer it's mental, like 30 or 40. And it's the expertise of the agents as well. So like, like uh, rest in peace, Mina Raiola, and, and there's so many of them. These agents are doing such a good job now. They A lot of them know they are cleverer than the, the football owners, and it's coming back to haunt the clubs now. They think, you know, and it's and, and we can feel sorry for the clubs, but as I've always said, we only get these powerful agents. That came through the the, the football clubs abusing players for so long, and they had to go these days. It's come full circle. Um, now that the age, the agents and players are in a powerful position, but they're only in, in so when the, the clubs agree these deals, aren't they? You know, as West Ham being sensible, they've tied him down. But yeah, it, it's it's come back around, and yeah, I think it's swinging a bit. I don't think it's swinging a bit towards the players, but they they seem to be willing to sit on the contracts a bit longer now, don't they? Well, of course, their their earning potential. Well, they locked in earnings at these clubs unless they're just breaking through are generally quite good, especially in the Premier League. Uh, but Premier League clubs have made these splashes over the years, 89 million to 90 odd million for Paul Pogba, et cetera, et cetera. If play, the free agency market in football is going to be, continue to become a more and more important thing to consider it happens in other sports, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, you it's know, actually, it, if you look at the NFL is actually taking taking a bit of a note from football's book yeah, players who couldn't be traded for and are now demanding at the same player power but it's like we're talking 2023 it always, it's impacting massively on this market we've seen it with the City 3 Sterling, Myres and Jesus it's all based on what's, what's going to happen next year they have to do it this year same as and the two biggest Sally and Mane yeah. the, out of and it comes up so quickly doesn't it where their, their future this summer is all impacted on what's going to happen next summer because the clubs are frightened of losing them on a free Great tie in there because Mane is the next topic of conversation. We're going to finish the episode with some Liverpool chat. Uh, Sadio Mane, as you mentioned, Graham, is out of contract in 2023. Uh, Toby has been linked with Bayern this week, uh, but I think, well, I would like Sadio Mane to sign for X. I'm sure that a lot of clubs would like to sign Sadio Mane. Manchester United, Scott? Yeah, well, he was linked with United before he moved to Liverpool, wasn't he? I think Louis van Gaal wanted him. Uh, do we read too much into Bayern's interest in him or is this just a kind of, oh, yeah, well, I'm sure everyone would love Sadio Mane. Uh, well, it's not. I also saw Barcelona linked to Sadio Mane today. I think it was a report from 
Dortmund or Deportivo. Mane's still one of the top forwards in world football. His goal record this season is fantastic for Liverpool. They're flying. Um, he's an integral part of that alongside Salah. Um, I can't make sense that he would go to Bayern Munich, but I just don't, or in terms of his ability, that is. But the actual move itself, I, I can't see it. It doesn't strike me as a, as a Bayern move, despite what I said earlier about Salah Hamidic. Uh, suggesting there's going to be some surprise moves in the window. I think he stays and signs a new contract at Liverpool because why wouldn't he? It's just about bargaining power and trying to position himself as one of the, the better owners at the club. And as Graham's alluded to, agents just wanted to get the best for their client. Um, Liverpool's wage structure probably needs a little bit of tinkering because their highest earner comparatively is not that large, is it? I think it's Van Dijk on 220, which is going to go up a little bit. Yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing to think they're in that position with that squad, the size of the squad, and somehow their highest earner is on 220. And that's a deal he signed last August. It's not a deal that he's been, been latched on to for three or four years. He signed that in in August. And then that does put the pressure on the other players, you know, because Mane, Mane is a club-friendly player in that he's not going to demand huge amounts. But he knows he can't go too far over that. He can't demand... For fifty, two hundred thousand pound more than Van Dyke, who only signed his contract in August. I think Van Dyke has done Liverpool a huge, huge favour here. Same benchmark. Yeah, they it, like you know Thiago came in under that as well. He came in last time, so I think that yeah, somewhere between I think I think Mane two fifty to three hundred is about right. You'll get that, but it just if and if Mane does sign that deal, we think end of the season. Liverpool said to him end of the season. Manny is happy. He knows it's going to stay and it is a no-brainer going to happen. It really puts Salah out on there by himself on an island if he's out there by himself demanding these fees. And, and as we've said from our information, FSG have said to him, if you think you're worth £450,000 a week, go and get it from whoever you think. You know what Liverpool have done really smartly as well? That they don't need to pay the top whack because what they can guarantee is success. Under Jurgen Klopp, they can guarantee they've got a manager who's going to make you better as a player. Mm-hmm. If you have all of these demands and you ask for 300 to £350,000 a week, you're not going to get it because Liverpool will go and sign your replacement and they will coach them and they will make them better than you. They've already got Luis Diaz in. He's going to be brilliant. He already is brilliant. They've got Diogo Jota. They're signing Fabio Carvalho from Fulham. This comes back to succession plans and Mane is... In a position that he can barter a little bit, but he can't force the issue too much because Liverpool ultimately hold the cards with Jurgen Klopp in charge. They'll just go and get somebody else and they will keep winning. And Mane will probably be pushed down an alley where he can't turn around if Bayern didn't move for him. I can't see Barcelona either. Um, So ultimately, he will then form a U-turn and he'll sign the deal. And that just shows how good Liverpool have been over the past few years with their dealings. Graham, so we would summarise Liverpool as feeling relaxed about Sadio Mane. Uh, Salah? Mane, yes, definitely so. They are relaxed, you know. They don't see they don't see these links as an image issue coming from Mane. I think it is his agent agitating a little bit, although they deny that. You know, there's, I think basically his agents would have liked the deal to be done now, but they're just saying, listen, let's just wait the end of the season, we'll get it done. 
Salah is a yeah, we and and you know, I think we took a lot of criticism on that. I mean, we've been reporting this for a good over six months deep into last late last year that this was an issue that Liverpool had coming up. And it was always the fans and people, oh, it'll get sorted out, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. This isn't looking like getting sorted anytime soon. And I I don't I'm not sure how toxic it's, it's going to get because Salah always had it in his mind that he wanted to play in Spain. He wanted to be the greatest African player of all time. And it, will he will he ever be regarded as the greatest African of all time? Not playing in Spain. And I'll tell you, a big impact on that is Egypt not getting to the World Cup because that'll hamper it as well. So the only way he can improve from here on in is going to another country and doing it for me. He, he, four years, he probably will be at the next World Cup, but he won't be at his peak like he is now. And so... Yeah, is will this be another Real Madrid masterpiece next summer or, or Bayern instead of Haaland to go and get Salah for free next summer? It's a real possibility because I don't see Real and Barca paying the fee that Liverpool would likely want this summer. It's a really, it's an, it's a tough situation for Liverpool, you know, because they're not going to pay him four fifty, but they won't want to lose one of three. But if no one's willing to pay, it's going to be a tough one. I think there is a slot on the right-hand side which may need addressing in Madrid over the next year or so. Uh, obviously, Gareth Bale's out of contract. It, it, it seems that position, obviously, with Kylian Mbappe coming in, Karim Benzema is in the form of his life and Vinicius, maybe he'll switch over there. Uh, Mbappe sits on the... But that's not his natural position, is it? They've got Rodrigo as well, don't forget, Florentino. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Until and, two months ago, wasn't really doing much, but... Real Madrid are really good at identifying these young Brazilian players who might not flourish for the first 18 months, but boy, did he make an impact in the Champions yeah. And young Hendrik, who might be coming in there sooner rather than later, um, as a 16, 17-year-old, and then he can play on that side, apparently. I haven't seen too much of him. Yes. As well, modern-day forwards play every position, and that's what we need to remind ourselves, that they're all playing across the front line. There's no... You, got, you stole that from Ralph Rangnick, Toby. Of course I did. Well, I'm sure Kylian Mbappe playing on the right wouldn't uh, detract too much from, from what he is. Ralph Ranić stole it from me on Football Manager. I've long been. <laughs> uh, let, let's round off the show with more Liverpool chat. Uh, Graham, story from you on that. You mean Calvin Ramsey to Liverpool is looking like a thing. Just tell us a little bit about uh, Calvin Ramsey and how this could impact Nico Williams, who is on loan at Fulham. Yeah, it's which came first here, because obviously Liverpool are going for Ramsey, but it's a situation with Nico Williams. You, you'll know more, probably see more of him than me, Scott, but from when I've seen him at Fulham in the last few weeks and speaking to Fulham fans, they, they love him as this right wing back, full of energy. He's, you know, he's, he's the archetypal backup to Trent Alexander-Arnold, isn't he? But you get to a point with these brilliant youngsters at Liverpool where they are Premier League ready. Nico Williams knows he's ready for Premier League football. So there's a decision to be made here. Fulham are desperate to get him back. And I think it's a good from what I'm hearing, it's a good chance. Nico Williams does not want to serve as backup, really. And you can understand this. I was at Newcastle Liverpool the other week, and you know, Jurgen Klopp said it's it's hard to keep these players happy. You know, he could have he swapped out four or five players for that game and won, but he said he could have swapped out another four or five. You know, you've got players like Oxlade Chamberlain, Minamino, not even making the bench. Joe Gomez is only playing right back because of injury issues. And uh, he, if he switched to centre back for another team, he's he Joe Gomez has got the he'll be going to the World Cup. If he gets a move and plays centre half, he's going to the World Cup with England. And it's really hard for Klopp to keep these players happy. And Williams is one of these instances where he's making it known, I think, that he does want to leave. Whether whether it's a permanent deal, 
not so sure. If, if, I think it might be a buyback where they let him go. You think he's top class, Scott, obviously. Being a Welshman, you, you, you think he is that good. You've probably seen more of him than me. Um, but he's not. But, let's put it this way: he's not good enough to oust Trent from his position or Andy Robertson because mm-hmm. he can play both sides. There's concerns about his defensive abilities, much like Trent, but he's more of a dribbler than I'd say mm-hmm. Trent is. He's got a hell of a shot on him. He scored some crazy goals for Fulham this season, mm-hmm. uh, and he's really got the. Mo- he's really the modern day fullback or wingback, if I could sum him up. Uh, yeah. And he's good enough to play higher than the Championship, but he's going to be held mm-hmm. back at Liverpool. So and he's probably seen that he's seen that glimmer of that rainbow at Fulham, hasn't he? Think that's the ideal destination for him, isn't it? And so I think we will end up there. And Ramsey is the next Scottish fullback off the block. Um, Scottish fullbacks are flavour of the month in the minute. We think England are good at it, but so are Scotland. You know, you've got Robertson, Tierney, Erin um, Hickey. You've got Nathan Patterson, etc. And now Calvin Ramsey was a very good player, very similar to Patterson. For me, Patterson, who went to Everton, hasn't really been given a chance there. But Ramsey's very good on the ball, not dissimilar to Williams. I think he's a better defender than Williams is, from what from what you're saying, Scott. He's a good, he's a good backup, and um, it's, this is his first full season at Aberdeen. But six million, I say, it goes back to recruitment, doesn't it? They're making this move. From my understanding, Leeds, West Ham, Burnley, Palace have all looked at this guy, liked him a lot. But Liverpool have come in and and they're going to push through with it. And yeah, the chances are Ramsey will come in. And it's not a definite that if he comes in, Williams moves. But I think there will something will happen with Williams, whether it's another loan or permanent. Yeah, something will happen with him off the back of this. Yes, indeed. Uh, to wrap up the show today, just a reminder that you can catch most of what we've discussed on 90min.com. You should visit the website and read the articles. Follow all of us on Twitter, at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Graham, at Graham Bailey, sorry, I got your at there wrong, Graham, and at Toby underscore Cudworth, not Topcat, uh, just uh, Toby underscore Cudworth uh, for Toby's Twitter as well. These stories will be summarised and uh, talked about at length on the website, so please make sure you go and visit there. Uh, and we will be back soon for more Talking Transfers. Thank you very much for listening. Remember to subscribe on all of your major podcast platforms and we'll see you soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.